0: that night. If anybody wanted prayer, nobody came. I went home feeling like I had missed it, plus had made a fool out of myself by stating that God said he wanted to perform a miracle and there were no miracles. But later that week, someone asked me, said, I guess you heard about what happened that night you were there. I said, what? Well, The girl didn't even know it, but there was a girl sitting on the pew that night that had a severe case of scoliosis. Her spine was in a backwards S. She could not move. She couldn't do much of anything. And she did not even know what happened until the next day she got up. started, or When she woke up, she realized that she had mobility she had not had. She was able to move in ways she could not move. She hollered for her mother to come in. Her mother checked, and her spine was straight. God had completely healed it, performed a miracle, and the girl did not even know it had happened. So don't judge your miracle on what you feel. You judge it on what God said. And I'm telling you, God came into this place to perform a miracle for somebody. Now, whether you felt it or not, you need, to, you need to thank God for doing it tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy. a vision, without direction, without a plan, amen, I've said this over the last few weeks, but if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time, amen, and we've got to get beyond aiming at nothing in our spiritual existence, and we've got to get beyond aiming at nothing in this church, and we've got to be focused together. And sharing a common vision for what God wants to do around here. And I'm telling you, God's got big plans for this assembly. Amen, amen, amen. Many, many, many years ago, many years ago, it was was after I had already come here. I was already at that point talking to the church about God giving us a church that ran well over a thousand. I was telling the church I was feeling that. That was in the, the early days of me being here. I went to preach for a man. and When I got through and knelt down at the pew after I was preaching, the man walked over to me and began to prophesy. The Lord said, Dream big, my son, dream big. And I thought, God, a thousand's pretty big. But I realized God was telling me that's not big enough. I'm just telling you, God's got great plans for this assembly. We've got to have a vision. We've got to have a goal. We've got to be aiming for something. Well, praise God. Amen. May God bless the reading of His word to your hearts. You may be seated. I'm trying, trying here to salvage a little bit of time. I'm gonna do my best to be done within the next twenty minutes. If the Lord will help me, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. I'm not gonna take a lot of time to do a review, except to say, for those if you have not been in the last few weeks, that I have felt like God let me know. It was imperative. It was important. It was necessary that I bring to this church my vision and remind you of it on a regular basis. We've been trying to do that. We started a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about the initial vision, the numeric vision of this church and what we are believing that God is going to do. We believe that God's going to fill this building. I believe that. I'm not just saying that. I believe that God is going to fill this building. And we're going to build again. And God's going to fill that building. Amen, amen, amen. And so and so, I began to talk about the numeric side of that vision. And then last week as I was praying about the midweek service, I felt like the Lord prompted me that it needed to go beyond just the numeric side and that I needed to share with you the spiritual aspects of what I believe God wants to do in this church and what God wants us to be. As a people. And I believe that by reaching these spiritual goals. In fact if you'll remember the very first lesson I talked about being goal oriented. I discussed that. If we'll set some goals then we start striving for those goals. And what I'm trying to do is to outline for you some spiritual goals. These are the things we need to accomplish. And by we, I mean myself and each of you. No one under the sound of my voice is excluded from this. I'm going to tell you, church, if it's going to work, my vision has got to become your vision. If it's going to work, the goals that I lay out have got to become your personal goal. You've got to make it a matter of personal prayer that God, I want to become like this.
1: Oh, hallelujah.
0: And so last week we started into uh, seven, seven signs of a spiritual assembly. The seven things that I believe God wants us to, uh, to possess and to be in this church the first one was we must be a people church. I would say a people church. Got to be a people church. Amen, amen. That means we've got to love everybody regardless of race or creed or nationality, regardless of social standing. We've got to love everybody. We've got to have a desire to win the lost. I mean a real desire. Not just an amen desire, but a real desire that motivates us to do more than just say amen when it's preached about, but to get out there and do some of it. And we must be unified. We've got to love one another. I'm going to tell you, if we... I don't care how well we love the visitor that comes in, they're going to know if there's friction. You ever walk into a home and feel the friction? I have. I've walked up to a couple that's standing there, and when I get there, they may be smiling at each other, but you can feel the friction. And I'm going to tell you, if if we are not unified, they're going to know it when they come in. They're going to recognize it when they get here. Come on, somebody. Let's not lose it now. We've got to be a people church. Everyone say, a people church. We've got to be a productive church. We've got to be producing churches. And I'm talking about home missions and foreign missions. Not just talking about planning daughter works right here locally. I'm talking about planning works everywhere that God will open the door for us. Whether it's in Kansas or Missouri or Alaska, I don't care. Or if it's on foreign soil, as God is doing, we've got to have a vision that out of this church, we are going to birth many other churches. Amen. Amen. We have got to be a people church, we've got to be a productive church. And we'll say a productive church. And we've got to be a praying church. We've got to be a praying church. Amen. Amen. Nobody should have to stand over us and tell us, come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. Nobody, nobody should have to push us into prayer. Well, There ought to be something on the inside of us. Church, if we're ever going to become anything that God wants us to be, it's all going to be rooted in our prayer life. If our prayer lives are weak, then the church is going to be weak. If our prayer lives are inconsistent, then the church is going to be inconsistent. Something's got to happen to the people of God that we become a praying church. Not just at church, outside of church. And I, I, I'm going to say this. If you have trouble praying at church, it's because you're not praying outside of church. Amen. You need to get comfortable having a prayer life. At times other than just Sunday morning at 9.30, Sunday evening at 5.30, Thursday evening at 7 o'clock. we got to have a prayer life, consistent every day. Now the amens are getting fewer, but this is what I believe God wants for this church. Each one of us needs to make it a personal goal. I'm going to have a better prayer life than what I've got right now. You say, Pastor, my prayer life's pretty good. That's all right. It can still get better. I don't care how good it is. It can always get better. And our goal has got to be, I want to pray more than what I'm praying now. And I want to pray more effectively than what I'm praying now. We've got to be a praying church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's move on, and this is the only one I'm going to deal with. I got 15 minutes. I took about seven there to, to, to review. So I got about 15 minutes to cover one point here tonight. I'm going to try to do it. Amen. Amen. Number four. Number four. We must be a praising church. Everyone say, praising church. Amen. Psalm 22, verse 3. But thou art holy. We need we need some something here on this mic. We're not hearing anything here. Amen. Try it again. But thou art holy. Uh, it holy. Sounds real muffled up here. But thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. I don't. Try another mic. All right, all right, all right. Read it again. we got to hear this verse. But thou art holy. Oh, that's so much better. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Thou art holy. O thou that what? What does that word mean? It means to dwell in. It means to live in. Listen, if we want God to dwell in this church, there's one way to make it happen. Church, please hear, please hear the burden and passion of my heart tonight. I'm not here to compare ourselves among ourselves, but I am here to try to encourage you. Amen. Something's got to happen to us that the moment we get to church, we come here with a plan. I'm going to worship God tonight. Nobody's got to beg me. Nobody's got to pump me. Nobody's got to prime me. I am coming with a praise on my lips. I'm coming with a purpose. Amen. I'm not talking about you just worship when you're told to worship. I'm not talking about you just lift your hands when somebody says, Everybody lift your hands. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about getting a hold of something that you love to worship. Again, I'm not trying to compare ourselves among ourselves, but I'm going to tell you, when I go off to a place, amen, and I'm in a meeting and I watch, and they begin to sing, you can tell who loves to worship. There are people that are just ready. They are sitting on go. And the minute the first note is played, they're already on their feet. They're ready to go. And it's more than just on their feet. They're already coming down around the front. They're already making their way. They come, Brother Jared, with a plan. I'm going to worship God tonight. I'm not coming to set through another service. I'm not coming to take up a pew. Hey, listen, listen, listen. There is nothing good that happens by accident. Nothing good happens by accident. And we're not going to have good church by accident. It's going to take some work. We're going to have to come to church planning to work. We're going to have to work during pre-service prayer and then we're going to have to work during the whole service. I know, I know it's Thursday. I know you've been working all week. I know you're tired, but I'm going to tell you, we've got to get a mindset that says nothing is more important than seeing what God wants to see in this church. And if that means I've got to give a little bit more of myself than what I've been given, then I'm going to give it. Come on, we got to quit whining about how tired we are. We got to quit whining, amen, about how sleepy we are. Got to quit whining about how busy we are and realize, look, we got two hours. We come in this house, we got to give our very best. God deserves better than what some of us are giving him. I know, I know, I know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody again to, to misread what I'm saying. I, I know there are physical limitations. I, I don't run like I used to run. I don't jump quite like I used to jump. I, 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 I know the older that, that we get, that some of that slows down. I understand, but I, I'm preaching most of this church still has enough energy and enough strength. We're just not giving it like we need to. Well, hallelujah. I lost a bunch of you on that one, but it's still the truth. I'm talking about us becoming what God wants us to be. And I'm going to tell you right now God wants to see more worship out of this church than what He's seeing. He wants to see a lot more praise coming out of His people than what He's seeing. In fact, and you know, you know, I don't go around saying God spoke to me. You know that. I don't use those words lightly. I know some folks, it seems like God speaks to them about what color socks to wear. God's always speaking. God's always telling them everything. Maybe I'm just not spiritual enough, but God doesn't talk to me that frequently. But there are times when I believe I've heard the voice of God. And I'm going to tell you, last week I feel like God spoke to me. I feel like God spoke to me about this church. Now, now you stay with me for a minute. Go, go to John chapter 12 and verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. All right, now, now, look, I know what this verse really means. In fact, the very next verse tells us what it means. Verse 33 tells us what it means. This he said, signifying what he said should what death he should die all right now I know folks use it all the time talking about lift him up in praise that's not what he's talking about he's talking about Calvary if I be lifted up on the cross that's what he's talking about I know that I realize that but I have repeatedly tried to teach this church that with any verse of scripture there is only one interpretation but there are many applications So I know the interpretation of John 12 and 32, if I be lifted up, is the cross. That's the interpretation. But I do believe that the application of lifting him up in praise is valid. I do believe that the more we lift him up in praise, the more God starts drawing lost souls. And I'm going to tell you, I really believe the Lord spoke to me the other night. I really believe, in fact, we were, we, we were, we were driving, we drove down to, to Wichita, uh, Brother Brandon, Brother uh, Jared, and myself drove down to Wichita, Brother Jonathan Dudley's uh, church dedication. And on the way home, we just had a prayer meeting there in the car. We began to pray, and the Spirit of the Lord uh, came into the car. And we felt the touch of God, and, and, and somewhere along that process, I, I don't know, if the guys even noticed but I grabbed my phone and had to start trying to type on my phone. I didn't have my iPad. All I had was my phone and my fat fingers that's not an easy thing to do but the reason why is because while we were in that spirit uh, where the Lord was there I felt like God spoke to me about this church and he said that if we want people to be drawn here we're going to have to do better at lifting him up. Do we want God to draw the lost to this house? Do we want God to get a hold of sinners? Do we want God to bring hungry people here? Then I'm going to tell you, church, we've got an obligation. We've got to do better at lifting him up. We've got to do better at giving him praise. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. I I stated last week that praise should never take the place of prayer. And I still believe that. But I'm going to tell you something. We cannot neglect praise. It's kind of like Jesus told the Pharisees when he said, You've paid tithes on everything that you get, but you've neglected the weight of your matters. He didn't say, Forget about your tithe. And just focus on the weight of your matters. He said these ought you to have done. And not leave the other undone. And I'm telling you. That's the way it is with prayer and praise. we got to pray. We've got to pray. But while we're praying. We cannot neglect pray, praise. Uh, amen. We've got to do better church. Well. Look, I'm trying, I'm trying to just give you one and let you go tonight, but you got to do better than this. We need to do better at our worship. We've got to get more involved in the service. We've got to quit sitting back and doing other things. This is not the place to conduct business. This is not the place to be studying for a test. This is not the place to be sending messages to somebody else. We've got to get our minds on God when we come into this house and we've got to start lifting Him up. Oh, let's stand, let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. We've got to be a praising church. We've got to be a praising church. We've got to be a praising church. I'm telling you, if we'll start praising God with everything that's in us, I'm telling you right now the glory of God will fill this house and God will start drawing people off of this highway. You mark it down. You write down what I'm telling you. God's going to get a hold of somebody as they're driving by and cause them to turn into this parking lot. But we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. You need Quit letting the devil lie to you and say you're not worthy to praise God. Hey, there's only one qualification. One stipulation that you've got to meet if you're going to praise God. Get your Bible. I want to make sure this is not in the notes. But I just want to make sure people know I'm not making this up. Psalm 150. There's only one qualification. What's the last verse say? Let everything Uh that hath breath. All right. Let everything that what? Hath breath. That's the only qualification. When the devil says you're not worthy to praise God, he's a liar. You're worthy if you're breathing. say, well, I hadn't lived right. Okay, let's get that under the blood and let's forget about it and let's get to praising God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You got a right to run these aisles if you're breathing. You got a right to dance if you're breathing. You got a right to jump if you're breathing. You got a right to clap your hands if you're breathing. As far as I know, everybody in the house tonight's breathing. That means everybody ought to be praising God. This has got to be our goal. It's got to be our vision. It's got to be our purpose. Amen. We will become a praising church. Singers, come back up here. Let's sing it again. Jesus is the reason why I sing. Not I'm good enough is the reason why I sing. It's not I'm holy enough is the reason why I sing. It's just because of him. He's the reason why I sing. He's holy enough. He's good enough. You say, but I'm not happy. Well, try praising. It'll make you happy. You say, but I'm not free. I'm bound tonight. Well, we can take care of that too. Back up to chapter 149. Forty-nine. you got it? All right, I didn't put my glasses on. Verse 6. 149, verse 6. Still don't have anything coming out of that microphone. 149, verse 6. All right, so what's going to be in their mouth? What's going to be in their mouth? Praises. Everybody say praises. They got praises in their mouth. What's gonna happen? Verse 7. They're gonna your praise is gonna execute vengeance on the heathen. Your praise is gonna execute punishments upon the people. Read. Your praise is gonna bind their kings with chains. Your praise is gonna bind their nobles with with fetters of iron. You want it up, uh, you say, I'm bound tonight. Well, i tell you how to fix it. You praise God and God will take the chains off of you and wrap them around the enemy. That's why the devil tells you you're not worthy to praise because he knows you're gonna stay bound as long as you don't praise. Come on, anybody here have a vision tonight? Anybody here have a burden tonight? Anybody here have a goal tonight? We're gonna become a praising church. We're gonna become a praising church. the reason why I sing. I said Jesus is the reason why I sing. Jesus is the reason why I sing. I sing. Yeah, I sing. Oh yeah Well Jesus is the reason why I say Yeah, I say Well Jesus is the reason why I